Grizz Nation's favorite outfitter is the M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. And now the M Store has a brand new location in downtown Missoula. Come check out the new storefront located on the corner of Higgins and Broadway. The M Store in Missoula has been your Grizz Gear headquarters for more than 10 years, offering some of the most original University of Montana gear you'll find anywhere in the Garden City. Next time you're downtown, swing in. Come by the M Store today and wear what the Grizz wear. Or shop online at MontanaMStore.com. Montana's only daily sports talk show. Nuanez Now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I like football! What up, what up? Welcome in. Happy Wednesday. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. I'm Coulter Nuanas. Coming to you through the ESPN MT studio here at the Missoula Broadcasting Company. Missoula Broadcasting, locally owned and operated for more than 15 years, and happy to say so. Ton of stuff going on here today, as there always is. Don't know if you heard, but big-time game coming up on Sunday Kansas City versus Philadelphia, the Chiefs versus the Eagles, the Super Bowl for the 57th time uh, should be a fun one. We're going to give you all sorts of Super Bowl talk. Brooks Nuanas was in here earlier today, so we'll break down the game, all the key matchups. We'll also talk about some of the top betting lines as well as some of the top prop bets. We'll also hear from Mike Anderson, Grizz head hockey coach, to round out hour number one. Then hour number two, we're reuniting with one of my mentors, a guy who uh, I learned a lot from during uh, the earlier years of my journalism career. The first man to ever put me on TV. So you might say, wow, that guy's an idiot. <laughs> but regardless, uh, Ted Dawson, who was the sports director at KBZK Television in Bozeman uh, in the early 2010s, he has since retired to Boise. But Ted, Bozeman, a lot of times in Montana, the TV people, here is their first stop. For Ted, it was his last stop. He worked in L.A. and Dallas and some of the biggest markets in the country, and he had uh, a, a life that aligned quite often with the NFL and with the Super Bowl. But he was on the call and in the house and in the postgame interviews for the very first Super Bowl. So if you've seen the, the famed black-and-white picture of Vince Lombardi uh, with the trophy that was not named the Lombardi Trophy yet, uh, after Super Bowl one, uh, the young man holding the microphone there for Vince Lombardi, that's Ted Dawson. So uh, we'll be good to hear from Teddy. Uh, he's our ESPN roundtable for the week, and we'll have some fun memories with him. And uh, then we'll also have some fun. I teased a history lesson yesterday. We didn't get to it today because uh, we didn't get to it yesterday because we talked so much NBA, so we'll get to it. Today, So there you go. It's your show outlook presented by Brent Wahlberg and the Wahlberg team. Wahlberg team, the official realtors of Grizz Athletics. Any and all real estate questions you might have, give Brent and his team a call today. Uh, it is a Wednesday, and because it's a February, that means it's our 11th anniversary here at ESPN. I actually think maybe today, the 8th. I can't remember what actual day it's on. But uh, ESPN Radio, 
here in Missoula, 11 years old this month. And thanks to our great friends down at the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill, we have 11 wings every 11 minutes every Wednesday. So let's get it started. 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. Call right now. Call number two. We got 11 wings for you. The best wings in Missoula to the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. All guests will join us via the Rangish Brothers RV phone line. But call right now for Wing It Wednesday. 11 wings. 888-1029. We'll do it every 11 minutes for the duration of this show. The greatest band of all time, he says, the Mountain Goats. If you come to uh, Missoula Broadcasting Company, we'll, we'll give you a T-shirt and uh, sometimes even maybe a, a free CD. Brooks Nuwana is in studio with us uh, here on uh, the radio. What's going on, man? Well, lots of great things are happening in the world. All these people are becoming the next great. And the records are being broken and bands are launching into into international success on this radio show right here right now so things are good <laughs> thank god we're here to provide uh, the the platform and the launch into the stratosphere of stardom for people like the mountain goats and lebron james uh a very rare very uh not typical when somebody or something steals the spotlight during super bowl week but the nba did it uh, in two different ways over the last couple of days. Kyrie Irving's trade from the Brooklyn Nets to the Dallas Mavericks, and now LeBron James becoming the all-time scoring leader. Uh, it, it was funny because I watched the game last night. I know you were uh, doing some work stuff, so maybe didn't see it live. But it's funny because the whole time I was sitting there, I was like, you could tell LeBron had it cooking early, and he's like, okay, we're, we're, he's going to break it. He's needed 36 points. He got that pretty easily, broke it in the third quarter. But the whole time I'm watching the game, I'm like, man, first of all, it's so impressive that LeBron's chasing this record. It's so impressive how good he still is at 38 years old and 20 uh, years in the league. But also, these teams are so bad. <laughs> the Lakers and the Thunder are like two of the worst teams in the league. I mean, there's a lot of offense, just uh, no, no defense whatsoever. But uh, that's why these iconic moments are great because it turns an otherwise mediocre, meaningless basketball game into something fun. But I, I, thought, I thought the moment was awesome. Uh, I thought it was hilarious that he hit like a 17-foot step back off one foot for the, the the record instead of like a dunk or a layup or even a three. It was like his least typical shot. But, I mean, just your thoughts on uh, the, the the king moving into the scoring lead? I felt it was pretty LeBron-esque. Um, you know, the net rips a little bit different when everyone shoots it. It's kind of the, the trademark to a real score. Looks a little different when Kobe does it. Looks a little different than MJ does it. Um, you know, on down the line, LeBron has a certain level of net rip, and that ball went through the net very LeBron-like, which I really enjoyed. Um, I thought it was awesome. I got to watch the first half, and I was snuggling with children who needed help and <laughs> consoling, consoling, which was a lot of fun too. Um, I'm very stoked on it, man. I think it's I think it's one of the coolest records that's 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 tra- changed hands. I don't think that record falls. I think that record just transitions, right? Um, that we've had kind of in our lifetime, you know, I wanted to say stuff about Barry Bonds and, you know, some other records that were really impressive that have asterisks all over them and have been debated to where they're almost into irrelevance. Um, this record is undisputable. So right. there, there really is no this, that, the other thing. Um, it also puts a really cool stamp on what I consider one of the greatest uh, teammates in sports history. 
Um, it gives him a really cool piece of, of uh, a credential to add to his resume. LeBron James is one of the greatest scorers of all times. This solidifies that in a different way. Um, of course, you can add up all the seasons and the points per game. And if you would have done this and gone to college, and you know, none of that matters. He's scored more points than anyone in NBA history, and it's gonna, he's going to keep adding to it because he's going to play in there a year or two. So 40,000 points, Coulter, it's a ton of points. Well, he's averaging 31 a game this year. So if he just stays healthy for the rest of the regular season, they have 32 games left. So he's going to score another 865-something points just this year, let alone when he when he piles up in the next couple of years. I thought that the coolest part about this, though, was – and I, I'm not agreeing with stopping games and celebrating things in the middle of games. That I don't really over. like that either, yeah. But regardless, take the logistics aside and just the moment – because LeBron James has has been put on a pedestal and expected to be this person and this player for his whole career, almost never to do the, the the storybook endings occur for the prodigies, and it did. And he was overwhelmed by the moment, and it was awesome. It was seriously, it was so cool to see just like how much it meant to him. And I thought that was the best part because. You know, you can say whatever you want, this, that, and the other thing. Pro athletes are cocky. But at the end of the day, he, I'm sure, dreamt of achieving all of these things that he's achieved. But then for that to be this this ultimate moment where he's standing next to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, it's, it's just crazy, man. It was, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I thought it was so cool how emotional he was. Yeah, because LeBron's real. That's right. He always has been, always will be. Um I love when people talk about the intangibles of players. We're going to get into, I'm certain, for at least a moment, Coulter, is LeBron James the greatest player of all time? You and I have talked about this. Um, There's a lot of debate out there for these things, but a lot of times when you're debating the greats, the the true goats in basketball especially, people say, well, you know, this, that, the other thing, most championships, most points, most wins, uh, fearless leader. They always get bound up. Well, it's about the intangibles with Michael Jordan. It's about the way that that Magic Johnson played the game. Well, if it's about the intangibles, and LeBron James wins on being a human above anyone that's been a part of our mega star sports lexicon for the last 20 years. Like, he wins that by a a mile, if not like 10 miles, of just being an amazing human. Um, And that's just not only being cool, not only being like uh, calm and collected in the moment, but is off the court stuff, which I've mentioned, and what you're talking about right now, Colter, the human element of LeBron James. He not only transcended the expectations on the court, but you really can't be like a more steady father and a, and a more steady role model. Like he set the best example of any star of any sport that I in in my lifetime, let alone I think maybe ever. I don't think that there's any kid that could look up to someone and have a better role model than someone like LeBron James. Nuanas down, Nuanas times two here on your radio dial. And we're going to talk a whole bunch of Super Bowl stuff, so uh, keep it tuned right here on ESPN Radio for that. Uh, I just got to ask you just briefly, because I'm know i hoping at least you'll agree with me, uh, how much does it move the needle, Kyrie Irving, to the Dallas Mavericks? Does this make them like the outright favorite in the West, or what do you think? The West is is really broken right now, so there's really no, like— you know, standout team in the West because the Suns are so down. The Clippers have not been able to have a resurgence. The Warriors are hurt. The Blazers are like third in the West with like a pretty ragtag. No, team. no, the Kings are third in the Kings West. Kings in the West. Yeah, Blazers yeah, yeah. Are, the Blazers, Blazers are, are down there. Really. Yeah, well, maybe they're yeah, right. Everybody's really bunched up after the top two. They were fourth just recently, and you could lose three no, games no, in a no, row. For sure. and be like seventh, Be- between third and I think twelfth. We did a big NBA segment yesterday. I think third and twelfth are separated by seven games. There so. you go. Yeah, that's kind of what I mean. Is that there's a lot of you know, there's a traffic jam. Doesn't move the needle. Um, 
I think that it can really provide a spark for a team that could be really challenging to beat in a seven-game series just because not as much of Kyrie and Luka playing together, which they're going to do a ton of, but those six or seven minutes when Luka needs a break that he never takes, that he plays 42 minutes a game, then you can have Kyrie on the ball just going doing his thing, and they haven't had that really. You know, Jalen Brunson was that for a moment last season, who now plays for the Knicks, um, and I think that Kyrie can be that. So does it move the needle? Does it put them in championship contention? I, I would say no, um, not as much as maybe the general public thinks, but I do think it improves their team. Yeah, we can talk more NBA uh, sometime down the road, but we got to talk Super Bowl. Noah's now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Uh, Brooks is four years younger than me. So that skews you three and a half. Three, yeah, three and a half. That skews your uh, your your memories in terms of like your earliest memories. I only right? have the memories I have. Correct. <laughs> That's right. What uh, what is your earliest Super Bowl memory? Um, one that I don't have to like create in my own head. You know, I can like make up. Uh, sure. Some like 49ers memories, but I don't have those in my mm-hmm. brain. My first Super Bowl memory is the Packers winning, and it would have had to be 96 or 97. 97, yeah. Um, Brett the Favre. Patriots, yeah. Yep, yep. So Drew Bledsoe was on that Patriots team. That's probably my early, or my like earliest memory where I was actually pretty watching. Good. You were um, like six. So yeah, but pretty Brett, good. You know, my, my son is six, and he would will remember what happens in this Super Bowl sure. on Sunday. So, yeah, I remember Brett Favre very vividly winning and it, it being a pretty big deal, him playing well. Um, that team was a cool team. I liked a lot of the players on that team. Um, so that was probably my early, earliest memory. There was a lot of ties then, too, to Montana. I mean, Marty Mornoweg, our great buddy, who contributes on this show, he was the quarterbacks coach for the Packers then. Um, playing McElmurray was playing for the Packers at that moment in time. Great Grizz player. So there was this, uh, and there's also a lot of Packers fans in Montana. I had a lot of friends that were fans. Yeah, yeah. Um, definitely. But my next memory easily was then in 98 when John L.A. won with the Broncos. That was easily, like, yeah, yeah. very definitive to me. Well, our dad... Worked in Colorado for a long time in the 70s and 80s, and he used to always talk about the like Orange Crush and and Carl Mecklenburger. And when, yeah, he was a Broncos fan. He was a Broncos fan, yeah, for sure. Osmosis, if nothing else. Yeah, and uh, and he had always told us stories of L.A. and like missing out and losing the Super Bowl multiple times, and, and then to come all the way back. That was, Especially at the end of his career, he was yeah. kind of in a twilight. And, yeah. yeah, that's sort of good. Uh, I, I was trying to think of what my earliest memory was. I definitely remember... Just the narrative of the Bills losing four Super Bowls yeah. like, and the Cowboys. Like when I was a, li- I, that was when I was like three, four, five years old, uh, six years old, I guess, when the Cowboys won their most recent Super Bowl in 1993. Um, but I don't really remember those games. I remember the game though in uh, in Miami when San Francisco destroyed San Diego and Steve Young got his first title. Because I remember loving Junior Seau back then too, and uh, that was when there was the San Diego Chargers and. So we're about, about the same timeline. That's uh, that's interesting. Uh, this uh, one is interesting, though, because the pro sports are are so uh, steady in the fact that almost always, especially in the NBA and the NFL, the best teams play for the championship. Uh, but in the end, in the NFL, sometimes you can get that derailed a little bit. It's always one of the best teams, but in terms of the actual two best teams. The championship games are oftentimes as famous or memorable right. as that, any of the Super Bowls. That, that, that's right. That's exactly right. But this, it seems on paper, is an unbelievably even matchup between I think definitively the two best teams in the NFL this year. Uh, the San Francisco 49ers were very good this year as well. But uh, 
Kansas City, 16 and 3, coming in the game, 546 points scored, six all pros, number one seed in the NFC or in the AFC. The Eagles, exactly the same. 16 and 3 overall record, 546 points scored, six all pros, number one seed in the NFC. So they are exactly the same in terms of number of points scored, the number of all pros, and their overall record, and they were both the number one seeds. Pretty good parallel. Yeah, well, I think we could dissect this game for the next 250 hours before it happens, but uh, one team is really, really, really good on defense. That's right, and the Chiefs are not that team. And so uh, let's talk about the matchups then. Uh, First of all, the matchup that everybody's going to be talking about is the quarterbacks. And you got uh, the guy who's been in multiple Super Bowls already and has a ring in Patrick Mahomes versus a guy who's sort of been the underdog to this point, but now it's impossible to deny that Jalen Hurts is a game-changing player for the Eagles. So what do you think of just the the quarterback dichotomy in this matchup? Well, I think Patrick Mahomes is, as a lot of people have likely said, is probably the most talented quarterback to ever play, or one of the two or three. One or two or three, yeah. Um, You know, there's some guys up there that haven't won like Patrick Mahomes has. You know, the Dan Marinos of the world. Aaron Rodgers is oftentimes thrown that conversation. We're talking about a mix of Upstairs, brain power with arm talent and and a little bit of mobility, but yeah. just be be able to create magic on the field. He is that guy. So if you're talking about head to head, because they don't play each other, it's always an interesting way that sports are talked about. Um, you know, Patrick Mahomes has that leg up, but I just there is no one on the face of the earth right now, even LeBron James, who we talked about just a moment ago, that I would that I would try that I would put in a hole in a box or that I would underestimate than Jalen Hurts. Like, I would not want to be on the side of doubting Jalen Hurts. Um, this dude is has the best demeanor in sports right now. Like, there is no one like him. There is no one who has taken the coaching, the criticism, the failure, and flipped it on its head and had the success that Jalen Hurts has had. I got to get tip your hat to Nick Sirianni. You know, they went two and five last year in their first seven games with a new coach and Jalen Hurts. They threw the ball more than anyone in the entire NFL when they were two and five. And then they completely revamped their offense. And since then, they are 14 and th- 14 and four. Or, sorry, 18 and four. 18 and um, three, that's right. Beautiful, like, turnaround for a coach that sees the talent in Jalen Hurts. So now this offense is curated for him. Injuries are not. It's not something – when someone runs what the Eagles can run, they can throw it downhill. Or they, they can get downhill on you and run the ball. They can also throw it on the outside. But when you have a power run game and the ability to have the plus one um, quarterback running in the NFL, it's a completely different challenge. So if why you always lean towards Patrick Mahomes, I would not sleep on Jalen Hurts. Coach Marty was one of the integral figures in bringing Jalen Hurts to Philadelphia. That's when his his Mar- Coach Marty's final year as a consultant for the Eagles, he heavily, heavily uh, rated um, the as Jalen Hurts as a, a plus plus player and and really encouraged the Eagles to draft him. And then they got him. But he always talks about how that's been something that's been curated within Hurts forever. And it, it, to know that his dad is a high school coach in Texas and was his coach. It makes it less surprising, and then you sort of analyze his demeanor and his ability to overcome, and I think he's such a great example for the modern generation because so often we we see guys quitting before times get tough or when times get tough, and Hurts didn't quit, and you can say he's also one of the the examples of how transferring can help you because he transferred, and then he balled out at Oklahoma and then became a second-round draft pick, and now here he is, but 
Uh, It's interesting, just this quarterback matchup, because I don't know, even though Mahomes has way more experience, I don't know if that's that decided of an advantage for Kansas City. Right. The NFL is not fixed, Coulter. I really don't subscribe to that. But gosh dang, I don't know if I bet against Patrick Mahomes this week. (laughs) Amen. Okay, a couple more matchups here. Nuanas now, ESPN Radio. Uh, The Eagles have a great offensive line. That's probably another spot that they have an advantage over the Chiefs. Chiefs are good on the offensive line. Eagles are great. Uh, The Chiefs are okay on defense, but their primary and premier defensive player is Chris Jones, and he played one of the best games of his life in the NFC Championship game. What do you think of that matchup, Eagles offensive line versus the Chiefs, D, specifically Chris Jones? Chris Jones is, is a lot to handle, man, but the, you know, Pro Football Focus has, you know, puts position uh, ratings on every single player in the NFL, every game, every snap, um, the expected outcome versus what actually happens. They also do it for position groups, Coulter, and, and Pro Football Focus, which is an analytical base, there's no, there's no you know, opinion based in this. Um, the Eagles offensive line is the number one rated uh, position group in the NFL. Um, so Chris Jones has his work cut out. You know, uh, he, he's one of the best defensive linemen in of his generation. Um, he's really taking his game to a next level. You said he played one of his best games. I would argue it is his best game that he's played in his NFL career last week. Um, he was absolutely dominant, and I think that he'll have a chance to be disruptive again. The Eagles, especially when they want to run it up inside, they want to run it on uh, fourth and short, QB runs, all that stuff. That is the one strength of, of the Chiefs' defense there. And don't get me wrong, the Chiefs have a couple pieces. They have a young secondary, but I like a, you know their linebacker play. I really like Nick Bolton. You're going to see number 32, short, stocky. He gets after it, man. Like, he flies around. So the Chiefs, while they're undermanned a little bit in talent, I still think that they have a good scheme, um, and, and they're coached well. But, I, you know, the Eagles have a decided advantage within that matchup there. And then on the other side, we're talking about the Chiefs' offensive line. Again, solid, good, plus, but not plus-plus. The Eagles on the defensive front, particularly on their defensive line, honestly, I think it's the most underrated storyline of this Super Bowl. They're historically good. I mean, they, they you're the one that told me the stat. What, what a, a, a sack once every 11, like 11% of the plays or something like that? 11.8% uh, pressure rate this year, the highest in NFL history. 78 sacks, which is the second most in the NFL in the last 40 years. So, I mean... It's crazy how they were able to get home, and they do it with, without bringing a lot of blitz pressure. And uh, you know, blitzing is—if you blitz against great quarterbacks, especially guys like Patrick Mahomes, that's where they kill you. They're not going to have to blitz in this one. What do you think of that matchup? I, I mean, I, again, I still think the Eagles have a pretty decided advantage there, and they have three or four of the most unsung heroes in the NFL. For they, sure, there are, there are guys that line up on that defensive line that nobody—they're not only ho- not household names; they are nobodies. In the big scheme of things, they should For be sure. somebody's. You know, sure. I talked before the AFC cha- or the NFC Championship a lot about how Brock Purdy was going to be in trouble because there's this guy named Hassan Reddick yeah. who played stand-up inside linebacker for the Arizona Cardinals for two years, drafted at a Temple. I love guys when they come up on the draft board. They're like late first rounders, or six four and a half, two fifty-eight. They run four five fours. Well, he was just playing the wrong position. They put his hands in the dirt. Hassan Reddick has seventeen sacks. Right. Blows Brock Purdy up, blows his elbow out in the first quarter. Stuff that. I'll remind you that I talked about extensively before that game. <laughs> That's right. That is same kind of stuff is going to plague Patrick Mahomes. He's going to face that pressure. He's going to face Brandon Graham, Hassan Reddick, and Fletcher Cox. No matter what you do, no matter if they blitz or not, no matter if that line plays well, and with the injured ankle, you have to assume that they're going to get home some. Patrick Mahomes is not one that turns the ball over like Josh Allen does when he's getting sacked or when he's in the pocket kind of taking pressure. But you still have to worry about getting in those long third-down situations with how much pressure the Eagles can can provide. Nuanas now, Nuanas times two. Brooks Nuanas in studio with us here on your radio dial. Super Bowl coming down the pipe Sunday 
uh, is the big game, Philadelphia versus Kansas City for all the marbles. Uh, how about in terms of the run game? That's become... It's funny because on one hand, I'd say the run game has become less important in the playoffs in the NFL than it used to be. But on the other hand, if you could have any semblance of running the ball, that can be the the edge in a matchup in which the rest of it seems sort of even. Uh, Neither one of these teams have any sort of superstars in the backfield, but Isaiah Pacheco played awesome in the AFC Championship game for the Chiefs. Jarek McKinnon is a proven steady product. And uh, they activated Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, so maybe he gets a run too for Kansas City and then... For Philly, obviously, there's the plus one run game with Jalen Hurts. And Miles Sanders is a good running back. So uh, where are we at uh, just with who has the advantage in the run game? Well, the Eagles scheme-wise have the advantage, Colter. But as you mentioned, you don't have to run the ball in the NFL this day and age at 200 yards a game. You don't have to run for five yards a clip. You have to be able to run it in some way. Even if you as a team finish with 60 or 70 yards rushing, you have to be able to get a couple yards every now and then. And the Chiefs can do that. No matter what you think of the scheme or the players that are involved, Isaiah Pacheco has played better every single game of his of his, of his uh, rookie season. That's right. I've heard some really smart NFL people talk about how week 12, 13, 14 is this turning point for rookies because now they're going to start their second season. They're only used to playing 12 games in college. So by week 12... Now they're in their sophomore season mm-hmm, of college. Mm-hmm, you know They've mm-hmm, moved on. Mm-hmm. They've already have enough experience. So now you're getting deep in the playoffs. Isaiah Pacheco has now played in 20 games. You know, So now he is quite seasoned, and he's getting better, underrated in pass protection as well. So as you mentioned, Jared McKinnon is more of a pass-catching back, but Isaiah Pacheco is no joke. The Eagles, Coulter, on paper, have the advantage. You Pretty have much across th- the board, right? Miles Sanders, Jalen Hurts, Kenneth Gainwell, and Boston Scott. You have four backs that can truly produce. I mean, Boston Scott is their third back by a, kind of a lot. I think he scored seven or eight touchdowns this That's year. Right. Like, and they I set mean, an NFL record for rushing touchdowns in the season. So you're going to have to continue to give them that that nod. So you're going to we're going to talk about this if we talk about the, the receivers on the outside for the Eagles against the Kansas City second. We're going to keep talking about how the Eagles have this talent. They seem like a team of destiny. Right. And... That is kind of how I'm leaning as well. Totally. But my pocketbook is not going to bet that way. We're going to get to the bets here in uh, just a minute. How about the coaching matchup? I think there's some interesting coaching storylines here. First of all, Andy Reid coached in Philadelphia for 14 years. Now he's been in Kansas City for 10. But this will be his fourth Super Bowl, so he certainly has the upper hand in terms of experience. Nick Sirianni was with Andy Reid in Philly, and then when Andy Reid went to uh, Kansas City, uh, he left Nick Sirianni back home, and then Nick Sirianni had to kind of climb his way up in a different path to get to the the uh, head coaching role of the Philadelphia Eagles. So uh, an element of revenge there going against the mentor? There's 100% an element of revenge. I don't think it's as much Sirianni as it is Andy Reid against Philadelphia in general. Sure. I mean, the general consensus is that he was pushed out. The general consensus was that he, the reporting says that he was lied to about his departure. That, That's right. That, he, that the narrative told to the media was that Andy Reid has some personal things that he needs to take care of, and he's going to take a year off from coaching. He took the Kansas City Chiefs job three days later. Took the Kansas City Chiefs from having the number one pick, where they take Alex Smith, yep. all the way to winning Super Bowls and going to multiples. So Andy Reid, in his second stint of you know a tremendous head coaching career, now gets to look back against Philadelphia. I don't think there's like bad blood, but there's no way that he's forgotten that. The last thing I want to ask you about is that there's there's just the this this omnipresent sort of uh, glaze over this whole thing because for whatever reason 
Philadelphia, statistically, is one of the greatest teams in NFL history. No question. If Jalen Hurts wouldn't have gotten hurt, Philadelphia might have had a chance to run the table and be undefeated at this exact moment. And they would have set three times as many records that they weren't in so many blowouts. I mean, they have the most rushing touchdowns in the history of the NFL. They have the most sacks in the last 40 years of the NFL. And sacks have only been a real stat in the NFL for less than 50. So, I mean, basically since the 85 Bears is what they have the most sacks since. They have, what, top three offensive line in the league? A top, number one. Uh, yeah, right. Like you said, in terms of grading, number one, they have all pros at receiver. I mean, everywhere. They have one of the best cornerback duos in the in the uh, in the NFL. They have one of the best up and coming coaches in the NFL. They have one of the best fan bases. All this stuff. Yet still, this seems like even though I know the betting line is Eagles minus one and a half, that the the Goliath here is Kansas City. Why do you think that is, and does that play an influence into this game? It does play an influence. It's because everybody knows who Patrick Mahomes is, right? It does. Um, that plays, for sure. But it, like, if There's going to probably be 60 million people watching the Super Bowl on Sunday, half of whom it's the only football game they're going to watch all year, or the only one they're going to intently watch, right? Yeah, probably, that's probably close numbers, yeah. It's definitely... All those people know who Mahomes is. That's part of It's definitely recognition, but... Um, there is a certain level of player that I don't even think in basketball you can get there. In baseball, I think every now and then you can get there, but it really is only in football, and it really is only a few players outside the quarterback position, but it really is only the quarterback position that truly can take a fan or a viewer who knows nothing about the sport, and they go, that's got to be the best guy. Right. Right. It's very rare that it can happen to other sports. Basketball can happen in, but like, you know, there's ways to mitigate that. You can double-team KD in the finals and force Kevin Durant to pass, pass, pass out of doubles. He might get his points. It might look good at the end, but still, he's having a hard half or whatever. That's not going to happen to Patrick Mahomes. It never has, never will. Um, he is that kind of talent. I don't want to speak in, in hyperbole, right? But, like, Patrick Mahomes is the greatest football player on earth right now, and, well, and, and, and there's the, really no debating that. The, the Chiefs have gotten objectively worse in terms of their roster talent across the board, and they're back in the Super Bowl. When every single statistical category is the exact same. <laughs> right, right. Ty- they, they lose Tyreek Hill, and their and their production was identical. Tyreek Hill literally went for 1,616, and they lost him, and no one went for over 1,000 except Travis Kelsey, and he's Patrick Mahomes still threw for the same amount of yards. Still threw for the same amount of touchdowns. Right. Um, totally. And that's the other thing we haven't talked about, Coulter, is is I think the biggest catalyst in this game, and I don't think it's particularly close, is Travis Kelsey, the tight end for the Kansas for City sure. Chiefs. Unstoppable force. Um, if Travis Kelsey goes out and goes 10 for 101 or two, I mean, I think you really have to start considering him in the, in the conversation as the greatest tight end of all time. I think that you, you, you the list is short. I think, yep. it, I think it starts with Gronk. I think, right. I think you get to the pass catchers pretty quick. Uh, Tony Gonzalez, Antonio Gates. You probably get to Dick Butkus pretty quick. You know, you're going to Winslow. Yeah. You're going to get to a couple guys that were in the 80s and 70s, 80s. Sure. Um, I think Travis Kelsey, if if he gets another ring and is a catalyst for that, I think really quickly becomes, if not the greatest, one of the two or three greatest tight ends of all time. Mismatch problem, Coulter. You can't stop him. Nuanez down. ESPN Radio Brooks Nuanez on your radio dial with me, Coulter Nuanez. Take a quick break. Be right back because we got to talk a little bit about the numbers, betting lines, and prop bets. Right after this, keep it right here. Nuanez now, ESPN Radio. College Athletics is a fundamental part of the fabric of our communities in Montana, and it's the stories of these young men and women that drive our passion at Skyline Sports. Coulter Nuanas here. In 2015, my brother Brooks and I founded SkylineSportsMT.com. 
As a lifelong athlete, Brooks has an elite knowledge of football with a deep perspective with his time spent playing safety for the Montana Grizz football team. While I won a collection of sports writing awards, including 2010 Washington Sports Writer of the Year during my time in newspapers. Together, we can offer you the best sports journalism in the state with crisp writing, unbiased reporting, cutting edge photography, and a grassroots feel that belies the corporate takeover of modern media this day and age. As Montana natives, we have a deep historical knowledge of the fiercest rivalry in the West. We share a combined 22 years experience involved in the Big Sky Conference. That experience gives us unparalleled knowledge of Montana, Montana State, and Big Sky Conference athletics. If you'd like to experience this with us, visit SkylineSportsMT.com and subscribe for only $8 a month or $90 a year. SkylineSportsMT.com. Every day, every season. totally into new age rap that's awesome but you should go listen to that album eric b and rakim the first two albums honestly i I don't really know how you get better lyrically they're just they're so unbelievable so good i'm not saying anybody and everybody that's out now is bad they're not they're awesome but that's just uh it's just as good as it gets our super bowl conversation continues and uh time now to dive into all football all the time presented by sports bet montana sports bet montana has been bringing you Analysis of all the betting lines, all the totals, all the prop bets, and everything in between all season long. Brooks Nuwana has been doing a great job contributing here uh, on Nuwana's Now. And uh, he's with us in studio still. So let's get right to it. Let's talk about the uh, betting lines here for this Super Bowl. The Eagles are one-and-a-half-point favorites in this thing. Uh, what do you think of this this uh, opening line? Or I guess now that here we are on a Wednesday uh, sort of the solidified line. Yeah, it's it hasn't moved. It's not going to move. It opened at two and a half. Colter in favor in the Eagles, and it's gone down just a little bit, which is natural. Um, that's a very tight line. You know that uh, it's a little bit surprising to me. I think the Eagles should probably stick at two and a half. Um, but the betting public does not want to bet against Patrick Mahomes, and neither do I. So we talk on this show a little bit, Colter. I'm you know we're not experts here, but we definitely have invested a lot in, in learning and practicing and um, involving ourselves in sports gambling. Um, there's not a ton of value in that in that game line, right? So you're not gonna. That's a really small number to try to to wedge value out of. You might as well just kind of lean on money lines, or I kind of like to maybe even buy the Eagles up to two and a half, so you get a little bit tighter odds, a little better odds there. Because if you think they're going to win by, you know, they have to cover two, might as well cover three, right? So um, overall there, there's not a ton of value. I like the props better. Where I'm leaning, Colter, on this game, as someone who bets darn near all the games, and I, you know, <laughs> throw, a couple, throw a couple parlays in every week, and, you know, I put a lot of money on a lot of different games. This week it will be the first week where I'm going to focus most of my money on props, and that I, I am not... If I'm not an expert in sports betting, I'm not an expert in prop markets. Um, I'm much more comfortable with game lines and and, to, and totals. Um, but the prop market, I think, will be a, a more fun experience to be winning quarter in, quarter out. I think that's exactly right, and I'm sort of on the same page. Because even, you know, I, I thought the playoffs have been so fun because you can just parlay together winners, or you can just, you know, you can you can pick a couple games and, you know, like I, I won a bunch of money last week on just betting the unders, for the, teasing the unders up like we've been doing all year, and, and then just betting the unders and uh i agree with you with just one game it's hard, you can't really make those same pairings and so you know if you're you gotta just, have a lot of confidence if you want to bet that's you know, right. one and a half either way and then again not as much value as you hope uh, that's exactly right so then i'm kind of with you then in terms of the props and and uh you know making 
having some fun throughout the game and, and the quarters. And you can also just make so many more wagers if you just put a dollar or two on a whole bunch of different stuff and then, you know, see see how all the chips may fall. Uh, before we get to some of the best props, though, what do you think of the uh, the total? The You've been talking all year about the magic, 51 and a half, and that's exactly what it, where it's at. I'm not surprised. Uh, and that's that. exactly I, – I don't, I don't know, though, because I could totally see this – Going way over or or not, I could totally see it going way under, or you could totally see the Eagles completely stuffing the Chiefs, and that affecting the total as well. Even if the Eagles have their way against the Chiefs' defense, I always uh, I just did it in my heads, but I'm going to talk it out and explain to you kind of how I do it. And you you hear me do this all the time: is you say the number 51, 51 and a half, and I say twenty seven twenty. Yeah, it's forty seven. There you go. Yeah. You know, like I come up with scores in my head. I know that that fifty one and a half, that magic number is twenty seven twenty four. Yeah. Um the other outcomes I could kind of see is uh how about we go thirty five thirty over. Sixty five yep. over. So yeah. um, you know, I could see this. It's gonna get into the twenties. It's gonna be close there. I I probably again would lean on having fun on Super Bowl Sunday and hitting the over. That's right. Um, you know, betting unders is is it's fun. You know, it, it it's been profitable for, for us this year, but on a Super Bowl Sunday, you have to expect the nerves to go both ways and that happens to defensive players as well. So Patrick Mahomes, you know, let's get it on the over. All right, so let's talk some prop bets. All football, all the time. Presented by Sportsbet Montana. Go check out Sportsbet Montana's website if you want to search where there's kiosks near you around the state of Montana. Let's get the great Sportsbet Montana app as well. Uh, we talked to us off the top about some of the key matchups, and one of the guys you highlighted is Travis Kelsey, and he's a guy that I'm going to make a bunch of prop bets on because I think that you can find some good odds and you can also find some just intriguing and fun numbers when it comes to uh, his catch totals, and his receiving yard totals. Uh, Coach Marty Mordewig was saying that he thinks that Kelsey's going to have a ton of targets. Like, we're talking 15 to 20 targets. I think so, too. So maybe you go uh, try to find uh, a plus number of catches, whether it's 8, 9, 10, 12, 14, whatever you think. I think that's pretty good. But also, then Coach Marty was saying he thinks that the uh, the Eagles are going to try to Maybe let Kelsey catch the ball, but not let Kelsey get over the top in the middle or, or deep. And so maybe it's the yardage totals are a little less. What do you think of that sort of strategy? Yeah, I, I, I could get down with that. I'm going to go kind of over on everything I can with Travis Kelsey. Because he's, the, he's their best weapon. The Chiefs have zero chance to win if he doesn't go off. That's right. If Travis Kelsey has four for 46 and none, they ain't winning. No, so, for sure. So they're going to feed in the rock. I mean, it's just they designed some crazy stuff last week with Patrick Mahomes beat up in the pocket against the Bengals. They were running awesome stuff, and they were feeding him the ball. And it was the same situation. They were not going to beat the Bengals if Travis Kelsey didn't go off, and he, he had himself a day. Other uh, props that you like, I, one that I was looking at, we were talking about the running backs earlier as well. I think that regardless of how effectively they can run the ball or not, the Eagles are going to try to run the ball, especially in the inside zone, because that opens up some of the stuff that Jalen Hurts can do out on the perimeter, whether it's in the RPO game, the zone read game, or just rolling out. So I, I like Miles Sanders' carries, maybe 10-plus, 14-plus. I don't know. Where, where are we at with some of the other props you like, though? Yeah, I like that. I think uh, Miles Sanders over on carries, if you're getting it at 14 or 15, I, I'd hammer that. Um, they've had to... With some injuries, especially to Jalen Hurts, they've kind of had to load manage Miles Sanders. I think they're going to let him go this week. Uh, they're going to rely on that run game, you know, especially early. So I love the over on Miles Sanders' total carries around that 14. I, I also really like over on Miles Sanders' rushing yards. 
Right now, I'm seeing it at like minus 105 over 61 yards. Um, I really think that he'll get there. I think he'll have a big run, uh, a 15 yarder, and then he's just got to accumulate, you know, 40 some yards after that. And I think that that's uh, will definitely happen. The other one I was looking at is Jalen Hurts' total touchdowns. And so tell me this is it total touchdowns or does it have to be? Rushing touchdowns. It's only non-passing. Non-passing touchdowns. Because right now the line is just Jalen Hurts over under one and a half. And I was thinking, well... Yeah, they're saying Definitely over. He's getting a touchdown. If the the throwing counted, but but you're right. To get two, though, that's a little bit steeper. So maybe that's one you stay away from. If it was total touchdowns and it included throwing, that could be... A nice one to get after, but I don't know. I still think that that's a great under bet, but again, you're kind of going to kick yourself when he has you know two goal line rushing touchdowns in the first half. I mean, yeah. he's going to get one. Like he's he's been the most prolific goal line and the most prolific fourth and one guy in NFL history. Uh, Fourteen touchdowns this year. The fourth and short conversion, so under fourth and three. I can't remember the number off the top of my head. It's the most in NFL history, and it's an outrageous number. It is like they're going forward on fourth and two every time. He's running it and they're getting it. Yeah. How, how about Mahomes passing yards? Do you like any of those props? You know, I'd probably stay under on a lot of the Mahomes props just due to the fact that he could miss a play a quarter, a half. Um, he gets rolled up on the high ankle. Uh, his, you know, right now, even odds are just a little bit minus is at 296 for total passing yards. 300-yard game is well within his reach, likely going to happen. But again, that injury risk, there's no value in a normal stock number that's put on his total passing yards. So any given week, his minus 105 for 296 is a normal Patrick Mahomes line and he's injured. So you're not getting value in having a normal line while he's injured. If it was better value there, I would definitely think about it, but I like a little bit more of the under those those numbers. Go on, it's Dallas Penn Radio, all football all the time, presented by SportsBet Montana. Anything else that you're really liking that's you're gravitating toward? Um, I have won three weeks in a row on Quez Walker under um, receiving yards, receiver for the Eagles. They've brought back some more players into the fold, and Quez Walker has continued to not get as many reps. Most people won't know who this is. That doesn't really pertain to why the bet is. Quez Walker hasn't had a catch in three weeks. Um, his Line has been either 13, 14, or 15 yards. Right now it's under uh, 12 and a half, so under 12 yards. So you're saying Quez Walker doesn't get two catches, uh, more or less, because he can get one catch. He's averaging like 11 yards a catch. He might get one catch, but he's not going to get two catches because he hasn't done that since week 13. The props have been up for weeks. I don't know why. I've literally won them. I'm hearing this from experts on the Action Sports Network. I've, they've literally won every single week on this bet. So Quez Walker, <laughs> under 12 and a half. Go find that. Um, the other ones I like, Colter, are... Um, Jarek McKinnon over on receiving yards. It's 25 and a half right now. Um, Patrick Mahomes injured, dumping the ball off a little bit more. If he's not finding Travis Kelsey, I can see Jarek McKinnon getting some uh, some more catches. One of the best pe- uh, pass catching backs in the league. Um, and the other ones that I like are total sacks. Um, right now it was at four and a half. It moved up to five and a half. I like the over. Give me over five and a half sacks at like minus 105. You know, let me put a unit on it and see see how that goes. Brooks Nuana is the best in the biz here on Nuana's Dow ESPN Radio. Uh, last thing for you, then what uh, what do you got in terms of the game pick? And not necessarily the line or anything like that. I'm, I'm feeling that you're going with the Eagles. I am going with the Eagles. I think the Eagles are a better team. I think the Eagles have decided advantages, as we just discussed in several positions. But like I said, man, a betting man, uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes is going to give it all he's got. I could see it being a close game. Uh, the last, you know, most Super Bowls are for, for a reason. Contrarian in me. 
Coach Marty's got the Eagles. Andrew's got the Eagles. You got the Eagles. I'm just going to bet on the Chiefs just for fun. And, you know, it's not a bad bet. that, Like you said, they got the best player on the planet right now. So One of the best bets in the world. It's, uh, it's not bad. Uh, thanks for being here, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks. Thanks, Brooks Duanez, for swinging by, giving us so much time, Super Bowl conversations, and some of your best bets. Uh, this is Nuanas Now. It is our 11th anniversary, so we got 11 wings every 11 minutes, courtesy of the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill, every Wednesday for the month of February. Call right now, 406-888-1029. The first two callers that come through, we got you. So keep the calls coming in. Andrew's going to answer one, give you some wings, then we'll do another one. So just keep on calling if you don't get through right away. 888-1029, that's 406 406- 888-1029. Keep the calls coming. I got two chances right now to win 11 wings from the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. We'll give you two more chances before the end of hour number one. Mike Anderson, the head coach of the Grizz hockey team. Next, keep it right here, ESPN Radio. Bobcat fans, support both your favorite team and Montana State students. When you shop at the student and faculty-owned MSU Bookstore, your purchase lowers the price of course materials for Montana State students. Montana State is in the midst of a historic year, and the MSU Bookstore has everything you need, from jerseys to garments, t-shirts to sweatshirts. You can also find the vast selection of Bobcat gear online by visiting msubookstore.org. Help students excel and look your best in blue and gold. The MSU Bookstore is your Bobcat gear headquarters. Is now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. I'm on the kick. I'm on the old school rap kick. Welcome back. Nuanas now. ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. 11 wings every 11 minutes. Courtesy of the Desperado Sports 7 and Grill for our 11th anniversary here every Wednesday in February. Text us right now. First two texters, 406 888 1029. That's 888 Text that number right now for your opportunity to win 11 wings for the Desperado Sports 7 and Grill. Can't take calls because I'm about to call our guy, Mike Anderson, from the Grizz hockey team. Grizz uh, wrapped up the regular season this last weekend, and uh, now they play in the uh, postseason tournament over in Bozeman tomorrow, uh, their first game against Utah State. So we'll uh, preview that. With Coach Anderson here in just a moment. Tease for hour number two. Ted Dawson, a former TV personality here in Montana and a guy who covered the very first Super Bowl, will join us as part of our ESPN roundtable. So looking forward to hearing some stories about the big game some 50-plus years ago and just uh, how it's all evolved and just some other fun stories from Ted's career and uh, just some continued Super Bowl conversation. So uh, looking forward to that. A big basketball weekend again here. If you hadn't heard the news uh, from last night, uh, Crosstown matchups between Sentinel and, and Hellgate. Hellgate uh, swept the uh, the Crosstown between uh, the Knights and the Spartans. The Hellgate boys won handily over Sentinel. And uh, that's no surprise because they are the number one team in the state right now, Hellgate is, in boys basketball. And uh, then on the girls' side, came all the way down the wire. And uh, then Hellgate got basically drew a foul with about a second to go. And Chloe Larson hit a pair of free throws to uh, 
lift Hellgate to a 47-45 win. So uh, both Knights squads, 8-2 and two in uh, Western AA play, and both of them atop the league standings right now. Both of them ranked among the top teams in the state. So some good basketball being played over there right now at Missoula Hellgate. Also, a barn burner between Butte and Big Sky. So many points scored in that one. Big Sky ends up coming out on the wrong side of it. Uh, Butte with the victory. But uh, those are two of my dark horse teams in Western AA for the, uh, on the boys' side. So um, keep an eye on them. Go down to the Rangers Brothers RV phone line. By the way, keep those texts coming into the Rangers Brothers RV phone line. 888 Chance to win wings from the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. Welcome in Grizz. Co-head coach uh, for the Grizz hockey team, Mike Anderson, joins us once a week here on Nuanas Now. Coach, how you doing? What's going on? I am well. How are you? Very good. Uh, first of all, let's start with the most recent results. You guys uh, played the Cats twice over the weekend, once here in Missoula and uh, once in Bozeman. And uh, we talked about some of the challenges that come with facing Montana State. They've had a hockey program uh, for quite a, a bit longer than Montana's uh, recent revival of their hockey program. I mean, what did you think just playing the rivalry? Uh, because, I mean, it, uh, results aside, it looked like the atmosphere on Friday night here in Missoula was tremendous. Yeah, the atmosphere here was really, really cool. It was awesome. It felt um, you know, like a big moment, and I think that we played well and put on a good show for everybody. And, and it obviously wasn't the result we wanted, but that 6-1 was an empty netter. We were in it till the end. And uh, that was with a pretty pretty shortened lineup. You know, we had a lot of guys out from injury and different things. So we battled hard, played well. And, and then uh, Saturday night, same thing. We went up there to Bozeman and gave them a good game to the end. And I uh, was with a second-ranked team in the, in the country that we're going up against as a second-year program. So I was pretty proud of how we how we had worked hard with a, not our not our top lineup. And it didn't, didn't keep us from giving it all we had. So that was good to see. You guys played so many games before the break and just a couple since the break. So just compare and contrast. I mean, have you guys seen any carryover from the hockey you were playing before you went into Christmas break? And and what sort of positives have you seen here uh, these last couple of weeks since you've been back out on the ice after coming back from break? Yeah, it was. it's still something we're all getting used to, I think. I think guys who come from juniors or high school, there's maybe a, a week off, but, and now it's five. So I think it's still something we're growing with as a program, and and I'd say that, you know, one of the big things I've seen out of break is we've been a bit better with just with our overall um, game structure. So, like, our D zone's been a lot better. Our neutral zone, we're creating more turnovers with keeping within our structure. And then offensively, we've been a, creating good chances. What hasn't happened with how it's happening the first semester is they're not going in as much. Sure. So we're actually generating pretty good amount of chances each game. We're just not seeing the results right now. And that's that's the game of hockey in a nutshell. You know, you do everything you can to do things right. And then sometimes it goes in and sometimes it doesn't. So you just have to keep doing the right stuff. Well, now the regular season uh, in the books and uh, by and large, a widely successful regular season for Grizz Hockey in year two here. And now you're heading to the postseason. I know, as we talked last week, there was some logistical stuff that maybe maybe give you a, a disadvantageous seed compared to maybe what your record would indicate. But either way, uh, still an opportunity to play your way in and, and go on to regionals. So uh, what do you think it's an opportunity, especially starting with tomorrow, uh, your guys' first-round matchup against Utah State there in Bozeman? Yeah, we're we're grateful that, you know, in spite of what happened earlier, that we still have a shot to make regionals. Like, we're a team that should be there, so now we have our chance. And uh, Utah State's team we played earlier in the year, and we did quite well against in the first game. In the second game, 
it was a three game, three night kind of deal, and and uh, our legs were pretty shot, and they just had more in the tank, and and it showed. Their games were both tight, but um, I think that we matched up up with them really well. We have a bit more high end skill than they do, but they work really hard and they're very structured and they have a really good goalie. So our challenge will be to challenge him a lot, get a lot of uh, action in front of him, get shots in good spaces, make him move across his crease, all those kind of things. So we're excited. It's a team that we know pretty well. We've played them four times in the past, you know, two years, and, and we're excited to play play them again and have a chance to match up against MSU again in the semis and, and get our another crack at them too, hopefully. Last thing for you, then. I mean, just keys for you guys tomorrow night. I mean, you mentioned just sort of the dichotomy of styles, and is it just about getting as many shots on goal as you can, or what are sort of the keys for you guys tomorrow against Utah State? The big key will be not trying to force shots through the middle. Uh, they collapse really well, and then they'd like to counter off of that. So if we if we work on getting shots from the dot line and coming from behind the net versus trying to get pucks high and then forcing them through, then we're going to be in a really good spot. If we try the easy way out and just four shots through their layers of, of uh, screens, then we're going to have a lot of trouble. So uh, we know what we got to do. We talked about it practice. We worked on it. We're going to watch more on film, and we're going to be ready to go. So if, if we follow that game plan, I think we're going to have a good night. That'll be a key to it, though. Chris Hockey, you can find all the action on the ESPN MT app tomorrow night. Uh, so uh, stay tuned for that, and uh, we'll keep you apprised of all the results no matter what goes down in Bozeman uh, as the Grizz into the postseason now uh, for their second season here back in action uh, in Missoula and around the state of Montana. Mike Anderson, co-head coach for the Grizz hockey team, joining us uh, here on Nuanas Now. Coach, we'll catch up with you next week, and uh, best of luck tomorrow. Thanks, Colter. Appreciate it. Have a good day. You too, man. Hour one in the books, hour two coming at you. We got a guy who covered the very first Super Bowl. Plus, we got a whole bunch more wings. 11 wings every 11 minutes, courtesy of the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. Ted Dawson, a guy who's got uh, some ties to Montana, but more importantly, a career covering the NFL, including covering the very first Super Bowl. He'll tell us some stories. And I, I can tell you from being a friend of his for a long time, his stories are as good as anybody. ESPN Roundtable. Ted Dawson joining us next. Keep it right here. 102.9 ESPN Radio. I am here with Catherine DeLands of The Advocates. If you've been listening to ESPN Radio, you're familiar and you know if you've been in an accident, The Advocates can surely help you. There's a lot of people out there that don't slow down for road conditions that are driving recklessly or carelessly, and we want to protect the people that have been injured because of those driver's actions. You deserve an advocate. The advocates will deal with the insurance company and defer medical bills, so all you need to do is rest and get better. The advocates will handle the overwhelming legal stress of your accident because you didn't deserve to be in an accident. Chat directly with a local attorney online at MontanaAdvocates.com.